everybody, and welcome to The Snap, a Marvel Cinematic Universe recap podcast where we recap the latest and greatest of the MCU. Um, my name is Kale Jouette. This is, oh my god, I don't even know what episode it is uh, number-wise, but this is going to be an episode recap of the first half of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm very excited about this show. Um, I realized today, actually, that I haven't rewatched the actual Winter Soldier movie in a really long time, so I think I'm going to do that tonight. Um, but before I go off on a tangent, um, my guest today is Drew. Hello, Drew. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, do you want to introduce yourself to the yeah. pod? Uh, yeah, I, so I I do a, a little podcast called Game Moose. I did that for a long time. We're just winding that down. I want to do something new and different. Uh, I'm actually thinking about starting um, a, a, a re- rewatch podcast dedicated just to the Amazing Spider-Man uh, movie. You know, starring Andrew Garfield. And I think I'm going to call ones. it. Yeah, I'm going to call it "So Long <laughs> and Thanks for All the Branzino." <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Listen, I love Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. So. I, it's funny because they were just on uh, like HBO uh, uh, here in, in Canada, which I, I appreciate can probably be somewhat confusing. So I just watched both of them back to back. And they're not necessarily terrible films. The first one especially is okay. The second one really, really yeah. whiffs it, though. It's it's not. Yeah. It, it misses a lot of things. Dane DeHaan, it's, he's, he was a bad choice. I I don't think he's a bad actor. It just it, it doesn't work, and and they just no. They're, they're trying yeah. to do too much, and you know that's kind of always Sony's thing is they're just trying to jam way too many villains and superheroes and stuff all into like a space that doesn't make any sense. Right, and that's what made me so sad is because that movie was just like too much. That's why it did so poorly. I mean, it was just too much. But I loved Andrew Garfield as Spider Man, and I know that's a hot take. But also, I think the people who love Tobey Maguire as, as Spider-Man, that's a hot take. Like, I get it. It's your childhood, whatever. But, like, was he a good Spider-Man? I, I don't... Mm. In retrospect, and again, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm a little bit older. Like, so, yeah, I, I grew up with those movies. I don't... When I look back at it, if I'm being honest with myself, I don't think Tobey Maguire was fantastic. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think it was... Uh, a little, a little problematic in terms yeah. of like, I think, I feel like he was too old. His performances were weird. I mean, we really got to see how weird they were by the time we hit the third one, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got emo Spidey. Yeah. yeah. yeah what, what a high point for just filmmaking in general. I'm so glad that we have Tom Holland though. What a, what a blessing he, to the he, series. He walks that great line of, being like awkward and nerdy but also charming you know right and that's what spider-man needs to be he's like trained for the role his whole life i remember when they were trying to find the new spider-man i was like always on the internet like searching for those updates and when he him and a few other people were like actually like going for the role he was posting like videos of him doing backflips and stuff on instagram he's like this young kid and i was like that's cool that's dedication i love that for him so yeah it's nice to it it wasn't a paycheck for him, or just a paycheck rather. Like he he genuinely loved the character and really wanted to embody. That's 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 cool. I think that's a. I I admire him for that for sure. Right, it's the perfect the perfect Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, but we aren't talking about 
Spider-Man on this episode, sadly. Oh, not sadly, because I'm excited. Um, we are talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, um, so yeah, like I was saying before, I definitely need to do a Winter Soldier rewatch just because there's a lot going on. Um, I might even do a Civil War rewatch as well, just because it's like back to back, because there's a lot going on in this series. Um, a lot of new characters that like, if you're not familiar with the comics, which like, I'm not super familiar with the comics, but I do my research. Um, there's a lot of things popping up. Um, but yeah, so if if you're new to the podcast or if you're returning, you'll know that what we do is I will read the Wikipedia recap of each of the episodes and then we'll chat about them after each um, recap. And then at the end, we'll kind of wrap it all up, talk about our theories and where, where we think things are going. But yeah, uh, Drew, if you're ready for me to recap, I'm I'm ready to roll it. Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so the first episode, uh, we have New World Order. This was out on March 19th. Uh, six months after half of all life returned from the blip, Sam Wilson stops... Oh, I, I always say this name, this guy's name wrong uh, from the original Winter Soldier movie. Um, Bal- Batrock? Baltrock? Ba- Batrock the Kicker. Bartrock the Kicker. So, yes, that guy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the terrorist group LAF, who have hijacked a plane and taken a hostage over to Nisha, with support from U.S. Air Force First Lieutenant Joaquin Torres. Um, Wilson, who was given the mantle of Captain America by Steve Rogers, struggles with this idea and decides to give Rogers' shield to the U.S. government for a museum display. Bucky Barnes, who was recently pardoned, attends government-mandated therapy. He discusses his attempts to make amends for his time as a brainwashed assassin, the Winter Soldier. Torres investigates another terrorist group, the Flag Smashers, who believe life was better during the blip. Torres is injured by a member of the group with superhuman strength when he witnesses them rob a bank in Switzerland. He later informs Wilson of this, who has been attempting to help his reluctant sister, Sarah, with the family fishing business in Delacroix, Louisiana. The government soon announces a new Captain America, John Walker. Filling in some blanks, a lot of blanks there, because these are these are like 45-minute episodes. They're a little bit longer than WandaVision, um, a little bit more cinematic. But, but yeah, we had Bucky going through a lot of this um, making amends, not only with uh, wronging is not the word I'm looking for, but taking the people of power that he put in power that shouldn't be in power uh, and trying to get them out of power, but also going to the people like we have a scene where he has this nightmare where he killed a innocent bystander who just like saw him there. Um, and then he has been like hanging out with this bystander's father who hasn't come to terms with his death. So that's also part of his making amends is going to these people that he's, he's harmed. Um, so that that's going on. I think the having the Wikipedia say the terrorist group, the flag smashers who believe life was better during the blip is a little, it's oversimplistic, right? Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. very oversimplistic. Yeah, because um, it's definitely one of those situations where you're like, huh, the villains actually got a point, though. Basically, what's going on is the blip happened. I'm sure the world was in chaos, obviously, during the blip. Uh, but when people came back, they were taking more um, interest in the people who came back and getting their life back together and then taking those people who we're here and we're struggling and kind of pushing them aside, um, which we get more into the next few episodes. Yeah. Everything that happened with uh, Sarah 
his sister, Sam's sister in Louisiana, um, seems like their family owned this business and it's not doing very well. He thinks with, um, you know, his Avenger status, he could easily help his sister out, but they don't get a loan um, going to the bank. So struggling with that. And yeah, the new Captain America, John Walker, that everybody hates. Uh, Drew, what did you think about this episode? Oh, there is so much going on. First of all, <laughs> you know, we, we're, we're, we're hot off of uh, the end of WandaVision, right? And w- WandaVision sort of set this tone or like this expectation that we were going to have these, at least in my mind, these very sort of like quirky sort of niche things. But no, this is very much like an MCU movie as a TV oh, yeah. show. It is, you, you hit the nail on the head, right? It's so cinematic, uh, you know, like, like we're talking like top tier effects and like crazy cinematography. And like, this is a beautiful looking, beautifully directed uh, uh, movie with, or a uh, TV show with all the big actors. And so it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's yeah. not as grounded as like WandaVision was. It's, it's more, it has that epic feel to it, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, at the same sure. time, like, God, it really sets the stage for this, like, reoccurring theme in the show, which is dealing with trauma, right? Um, which is, I think, amazing. that they've, and, and, it, and it's so timely, this notion that, like, you have, like, Bucky and um, him coming to terms with the horrible things he's done and the trauma that he's experienced at the hands of other people and how that's changed him. And at the same time, you have, uh, uh, like, Sam dealing with the sort of like the collective trauma of the American people, you know, as, as, and, and him stepping away from being Captain America mm-hmm. and, and just trying to be a normal person again. You know, we right. even have that fun little like bubblegum trip kind of uh, uh, moment where like he goes down to Louisiana to see his sister and tries to, uh, you know, live a normal life. And we see that, you know, and good on them. I think that that, that, that sort of that uh, notion that, hey, like, uh, you know, be, being a person of color still has st- still still has a lot of uh, baggage uh, associated with it um, in, in this world. And, you know, um, the, the struggles, the very real struggles that they're still dealing with, you know, like when the banker asks him, like, hey, d- doesn't the Avengers like give you a salary or something? <laughs> you know, can't you get a loan from like. Stark Industries. It, it's right. just so it's so wild. I, it's it's the show is doing so many amazing things, and it really sets the stage here. And like, and even more incredibly, we talked about the the Flag Smashers and what their whole thing is, and 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 principally, they're anti nationalists. They want everybody to not like they want the national borders to sort of like disappear, like it did during the Blip, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But and at the same time, you have. You know, both Bucky and uh, uh, the Falcon and 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 Sam dealing with the the concept of being the spokesperson for like American nationalism, you know, mm-hmm. and then we have the new Cap come along, and as we'll talk about that more in the, the subsequent episodes, it's it's oh, I just I love it. It's a great show, and it's doing <laughs> amazing things. There's so much stuff to unpack in each episode. So I'll let oh, you yeah. I'll let you continue. What what are your thoughts? What, what did you think of the first episode? I, I think everything you said was great, especially with the trauma. Um, and if we get a lot of the the generational trauma, I think in episode two, when we're um, introduced to Isaiah Bradley, um, 
So we'll talk more about that in a minute. But yeah, I agree. I think like the whole phase four in general is just going to be trauma centered, which is like a lot, but necessary. Um, So I'm glad that Marvel is kind of taking it into that direction. But yeah, I think this was a good, like by the end of this episode, when I see John Walker come out and obviously memes were going crazy on the internet uh, (laughs) with this guy, I, I watched it the first time and I remember being like, okay, they're, they're going to do what I think they're going to do. It's just going to be another propaganda Captain America. That's what this is going to be. Cause like, there's no way he's a super soldier. There's no way that they're going to go that route. And then of course, in like the first five minutes of episode two, that's exactly what we get is like propaganda cap. Um, so John Walker was, is actually in the comics He's taken on a lot of different mantles, but he has been like the asshole new Captain America. So this isn't <laughs> new for for people who have read the comics. Um, Drew, are you a big comic comic guy or? Oh, yeah. uh, unfortunately, yes. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I, well, you know that that you know it's 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 a loaded it's a loaded answer. I I love the comics, um, especially like the material they're touching on now is really dated. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and they're doing it in a in a new and interesting way. So at least there's that. You know, uh, John Walker is perhaps well. He's best known to me from my time reading uh, Marvel comics as U.S. Agent or U.S. Agent. Uh, emphasis on the A. I don't know. Um, you know, he, he wears like the really dark Captain America kind of uniform with the stars on it, and uh, yeah, and and he's always been sort of like you said, like the the new jerky. Captain America he's he's always had a lot more sort of like bravado mm-hmm. which is interesting because I mean like Captain America the whole idea is that like the reason why they chose him why they chose Steve Rogers is because he was a person of like the highest sort of like moral and personal character right like he was a person who despite the fact that he was way too small and sickly to to go to war kept trying to go to war so that he could mm-hmm. like help his fellow man you know or at least that's the notion uh and then at the same time you have john walker he he's really just seems like he's in it for the glory which is like the very the the opposite idea of what steve rogers is so i could see why it it would he would rub people the wrong way he's designed to well i think that the show is doing a good job of what they what they're trying to do which is like in the beginning of the next episode they introduce him as like this war hero but like in a they they shed him in such a good light right like they're like oh all these medal of honors and uh blah 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 blah. and he's like yeah i'm just trying to be a good guy you know put him on his his home field and everything and um i think slowly we're gonna see that he's got like ulterior motives there uh and i think the show is doing a really good job of portraying that because there there was a slight moment where i was like oh maybe he is like kind of a kind of a nice guy maybe we shouldn't hate him yet and then i was like nah nah fuck this guy so. <laughs> can, can i say something um yeah. the actor uh uh and i don't want to be super mean about this but he, he, his head looks really weird in the hat of the helmet it, in, he the, just looks, in the first scene yeah when he walks out i'm just like 
His, yeah. he, he looks like he has really big ears and a really short chin. And I'm just like, what's happening to this man's that was face? Not, that was not a flattering angle for him. They shouldn't have done him like that. No, no. And then what I when I, at the beginning of the next episode is, you, you know, you see him for the, for the first time, like out of all his gear. And you're like, oh, OK, but yeah, yeah, it just already already. I'm like, just just the look of this guy is not good. He's got he's got the look of something. Someone I'm, I'm not I'm not into. I'm not. He's giving me a bad vibe with his weird football shaped head. Yeah, everybody was was pretty angry seeing him for the first time. Um, the I'm sure a lot of people noticed this, but we didn't have the Falcon and the Winter Soldier meet up at all in this episode, uh, so it was completely separate. Um, and that does change, thankfully, because it'd be weird of a show if it, they were just separated the whole time. The um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier in different places. <laughs> at all times yeah. um torres he is also in the comics he actually takes on the mantle of falcon uh when sam wilson takes up the captain america role am i right on that hey man that's way outside of my uh we're, we're going <laughs> way past where i read in the comics especially when, when okay, sam okay, okay. became cap that, that was like i had stopped reading especially that you know captain america in those books at that point you know for the record like most of the stuff that i read was like you know graphic novels and things like that from like the 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 mid 90s right you know like i've reread uh you know like a lot of batman uh uh stuff since like like uh you know hush and um oh yeah and like long halloween and stuff like that those are the classics but like i was reading when i was reading marvel especially when i was reading stuff like captain america it was like when i was in my like you know, preteens when I was like 10 or 12, which this is going to really date me. We're talking like, you know, uh, uh, like mid nineties. <laughs> That's totally fine. See, like, and that, like, I love, I love reading like DC comics and stuff. And I just started reading some Marvel stuff, but, um, Captain America as a whole, like it's weird because I would not really be interested in the themes of Captain America. Normally, like the, the winter soldier is one of the best movies. I don't really care for the first one. I don't really care for like the themes of like the military in comics. I'm just like, whatever. But I do like what they're doing with this show and that same where it's like, it is again, another like military focused show, but they're again with the flag smashers uh, talking about like the generational trauma that we're going to see in the next episode with some super soldier stuff. There's a lot of like funky stuff that happens and I like it when they're like, the government's funky. I like that. Um, So (laughs) yeah, like early, early Captain America, especially like, I mean, I don't know, like the the, the comics early on were very, very G.I. Joe-ish, right? Like it was very clear that it was very black and white. The good guys were the good guys and the bad guys were the bad guys. And there was, you know, but now um, it's all shades gray, right? Um, Which is why Winter Soldier is top tier film. Amazing. Love it. I'm going to watch it as soon as we're finished recording. Um, Mm. I don't want to get off the rails too much because I feel like I'm doing that. Um, You could tell I'm drinking a monster. (laughs) (laughs) But... Where where was I looking at this? Yeah, Torres. I I wonder if they're going to hint. Like I wonder if there is going to be some resolve of him taking on the Falcon. Maybe not. We'll see. Um, but it is cool that he is. Um, he's in the show. 
There is a little funny scene where he goes to like help Sam fix Red Wing and Sam's like, don't touch that. And part of me is like, he's doing that because he doesn't like, it's like a foreshadowing of like, this is mine. It's not yours. I don't know. I liked that. So I had this moment when I was watching this and I was thinking back to the Winter Soldier where we first got, um, where Sam was first introduced to us in like the, the MCU. And, uh, I was thinking back to like what what makes Sam sort of like special as a character other than just obviously he's like a super stand up dude and you know fights for what's right and stands by his friends and so on, because um, he's not a super soldier right he's just got really cool robot rings and he's got a cool robot buddy, uh, and I remember that when they talked about it that he was in this special like elite uh, he was supposed to be a paramedic right the whole thing was like like he he would fly in and you know administer aid. And he mentions that there are two sets of wings back then, mm. but he, he had a partner. So I'm wondering if something happens there. It would be interesting if they bring that back up again, because it's been a long time since the Winter Soldier. It has been a long time. This actually takes place, what, like six months after the, the blip, I think? Yeah. 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 So it, it has been quite a while. I don't know. I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out. It would it would be hella dope if Torres just showed up with the wings at some point to rescue them. I, I'm just saying. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but we are talking a lot about episode two. So should I just jump into that recap so we can continue our conversation? Yeah, because these, these episodes really flow together too. So They do. They do really well. Uh, moving on. Episode two, The Star Spangled Man, uh, was released on March 26th. So Walker appears on Good Morning America and reveals his desire to live up to Roger's mantle. Barnes tells Wilson that he should have kept the shield and decides to accompany him to Munich, where the Flag Smashers and their leader, Carly Morgenthau, are sealing a shipment of medicine. Wilson and Barnes attack the group, but they are all super soldiers and overpower the pair. Walker and Lamar Hoskins arrive to help. But the Flag Smashers escape. Walker wants to work with Barnes and Wilson, but they refuse. Traveling to Baltimore, Barnes introdu- introduces Wilson to Isaiah Bradley, a veteran super soldier who fought the Winter Soldier in the Korean War. Bradley refuses to help them uncover information about additional super soldiers due to being imprisoned and experimented on by the U.S. government and Hydra for 30 years. Barnes is arrested for missing a therapy appointment, but Walker has him released. Barnes and Wilson again refuse to work with Walker, and Barnes suggests to Wilson that they visit the imprisoned Helmet Zemo. Yeah, let's get into it, because this episode was great. Definitely kick things off. I I mean, having them group up together is so great, because I feel like in Civil War, anytime those two paired up together... There was also there was always this like banter that happened that was really fun. Um, oh my god, so good! <laughs> like <I love> <laughs> like them sitting in the car, and <laughs> when um, Cap kisses uh, Sharon, and they they're both they both like smile and nod. I'm just like God, I love them. Yeah, like like it's they have this great like odd couple like vibe going on, um, mm-hmm. and I really love it. Uh, and and you know we get to like I mean like like Bucky out and out says it later on why he's he he's so especially annoyed with Sam but uh just this uh the the whole idea that like Bucky worshiped Cap you know and Cap tapped Sam to be his uh his successor and Sam said no right and that just like 
Bucky's so mad about that, right. and justifiably so, I think, from his perspective. So, whew. right, especially because like when so there is the scene when they're talking about this, they they have to go to a little therapy session together, and the scene is really like it. It's a lot because Bucky's like. If Cap was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. And he seems really upset about that because obviously he's been through a lot. He struggles with the person that he is and the things that he's done. And Steve believed that he was a good person, like through the end, like while he was still Winter Soldier, Cap Mm. fought for him. And I think that's taking a toll on him, a big toll. And it really sucks that this Jack fucking jackass <laughs> comes in. He's like, you don't need therapy anymore. I'm canceling it. You got to work with me. Cause like, I think, I think he probably needed therapy and I think he probably should have worked on that a little bit longer, but yeah, I think we're going <sighs> to see the consequences of that later on, you know? Oh yeah. Um, Cause definitely you're right. Uh, uh, we like Bucky is definitely, um, He's he's got a lot of baggage. He's carrying a lot of baggage. Um, that's okay. Uh, it makes him an interesting character. I mean, that's what makes the Winter Soldier so interesting. Um, it, he he is, and I don't know which came first, but he is kind of Marvel's version of the Red Hood, right? Like mm-hmm. he is the sidekick who was like really goofy and kind of kind of dumb initially, like as Bucky uh, back in the day. I don't know if you've ever seen Bucky's like costume. Um, but yeah, he was like, he was literally Captain America in the comic books. He's like, he's like a little sidekick, you know, he's very much his Robin. And, uh, then they were like, well, we need to punch him up. Uh, so they did the whole winter soldier thing. And I mean, it worked cause he is cool as hell. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to disagree with that. That whole fight on the trucks is so much fun. Um, when we talk about like how cinematic this, this show is, um, and then we, we follow that up with the the ride with uh with John Walker and uh in the jeep and then like kind of like it it's it's really interesting it's really revealing it's sort of like why there's an even bigger rift there and of course we get introduced to Battlestar right yeah which is which was weird to me i was like really that's who we're going to okay all right well you know so it's it's funny because like these characters they're all in the comics like Battlestar is in the comics but yep. it, the way the exact reaction that Bucky had was my reaction when he said, yeah, I'm Battlestar. I was like, oh my God. Like <laughs> my brain was just like, oh, oh, so we're giving everybody a superhero name now. Like, is that what we're doing? Yeah. Um, but he is in the comics, so it's fair. I get it. But I was totally like with Bucky and I was like, really? All right, dude. Okay. Yeah. This episode was, was really good. It was really nice. We learn a little bit more about the flag smashers. See like they're stealing medicine shipments. Uh, so, they're going somewhere with the medicine. It doesn't. They're not destroying medi- medicine, right? They're taking this stuff to people. Um, we don't find out until the next episode, really, that like the the places that they're stealing from are like places that have been holding on to stuff for a while, right? Like they're not just stealing to steal. They're doing this. They're taking these things to places in need. Um, there's a little scene where the flag smashers like actually go they're they're take they're like they're taken into somebody's house they have food for them they're like you have followers everywhere like we support you um and it's like it doesn't really seem like a terrible cause like you're like okay i don't really see what they're doing wrong here but um walker is very 
very interested in finding them. Um, so he is trying to team up with with the boys, but they're not they're not having it. Um, the scene, like when the when Winter Soldier and Falcon are fighting the Flag Smashers, we see them like use their super soldier strength for the first time, and you're like, oh shit. There's a drop down of Walker and um, Hoskins. They just drop down and start using the shield and stuff. I was so angry for <laughs> for Bucky and Sam. Like during that scene, like seeing him throw around the shield, I was like, this is gonna be so uncomfortable for them to just like mm-hmm. be there. And then like you have like Bucky catches it with his hand, like throw back to Winter Soldier, and like throws it back. And I'm just like, oh, take it, just take it, take it from them. <laughs> He doesn't serve it. No, he doesn't. I have a question for you um, on your thoughts, because I know there's some theories about this, Mm. but I wasn't thinking this until in the beginning of the Good Morning America, when they're showing the footage of of him like throwing the shield around. Uh There are theories that he has the super soldier serum. What do you think about that? That when he was throwing the shield around, my first thought was, "How can just a normal person do this?" Right, right. Like it, it feels like it would take like some some superhuman strength to be able to like throw the shield that well, you know, right. and have it bounce off people and stuff. Uh, so I wouldn't be. I think you're right. I think that's. I think the direction we're going is we're going to find out that the U.S. government has had the super soldier serum for a while. Um, that the Flag Smashers stole it uh, and are using it to try to basically, like, help people that are being ignored. Uh, I don't know if it's... I mean, it would be silly if it was a rehash of, like, Hydra or something like that. I I, I don't know. I wouldn't like that. It's got to be something... I feel like for, like, the themes again for the show and the direction they're going and talking about, like the notions of nationalism and national identity and you know i it would only make sense that this is this is a government that's doing this and not some like super secret you know like secret society right and like it doesn't have to be hydra but the questions that i have for myself are like we don't really know too much of what happened during the blip we don't know we have little snippets right before endgame kick things off again of them you know, doing basic things, but we don't know what happened in that five years time. What powers could have come come forward in government and things like that. We have no idea. So I think there's a lot of story there that could come from this. Um, but yeah, I I was like, hold on. I was thinking about it. That'd be crazy if they if they were super soldiers too, um, and they were hiding that because um, they were like talking about how his they did tests on him and, and his strength was off the chart and all these things. And he, and he was just like, yeah, I'm just trying to be the best captain America I can be. And I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Um, there's definitely something up with John Walker. Like yeah, that guy there's sucks. something hinky going on. A, a, you know, we, we, yeah. we cannot ignore the fact that it, it, something seems too perfect about this guy. Too in terms perfect. of like yeah like how he acts and how he behaves with like with um with other people he's like no i'm the, the just the goodest guy who wants to do good things all the time for everybody and you're like eh, something stinks here man 
Because like which we totally know, flips at the end of the episode. Yeah, and and you know you know what you know what's you know what did it for me. They're fighting, and uh, when they're fighting on the top of the things, John Walker pulls out a pistol, and just starts shooting. At oh yeah, and I, I was said like, this. That... I said when I was watching, I said the same thing. I was like, hold on, that's not cool. That's not a Captain yeah. America thing. <laughs> no, I mean, granted in. Uh, the, the, in Captain America, the first invention, there is literally a scene with him holding the shield and shooting a pistol. But that was during World War II. He was shooting Nazis. <laughs> you know, we yeah. can forgive that. But this time, like, these are people, I, I don't know, it just, yeah, it just didn't seem right to me. Especially because, like, no. Cap, in his, you know, since then, since him being basically thawed uh, in uh, the Avengers, since then, he's it's only ever been the shield. He just uses the shield and Thor's hammer that one time. I just think this whole episode, they started out, like I said before, they started out, like, humanizing him. Like, oh, he is a good guy, and he's here to help, and, you know, he's he's getting him out of therapy. He's a good guy here to help. But then at the end of the episode, when he's, like, trying to recruit them again, like, they're like, no, we're free agents. You do you. We're going to do us. And he goes, stay out of my way then. And that's when you're like, yeah, this guy's a dick. He, yeah. like, as soon as he said that, I was like... There is going to be some plot that happens to where he gets them arrested again or something happens and it's going to be because of him and it's not going to be a good time. Yeah, 100%. The direction it feels like we're going is the real villain is going to be John Walker, right? Oh, yeah. We're going to find out that the, the Flag Smashers are, they're just trying to help people because like they don't, otherwise they don't do bad stuff. Like they've robbed from the rich. And they appear to be giving to the poor, right? They've right, got this they, Robin Hood vibe, right? Robin Hood. They they called they called Carly a Robin Hood in in this episode. It, yeah, literally, right? So like, Robin Hood's not a bad, dude. And it's one of those things where like you know it's a it's a motive that you can get behind. Whereas John Walker, he just he just seems like he's chasing that glory, and that's yeah. not good. It's not good it's at all. Not good. Um, but yeah, we do. Get the scene with Isaiah Bradley, which is, like, a lot. Uh, especially, like, seeing Sam's reaction to it. Like, Sam's like, you never told me about this. Like, how does nobody know about this? Like, did Cap yeah. know about this? Like, what? what is the deal? And not only that happening, and then five seconds later, police rolling up, being like, oh, is this, is this black man bothering you, basically? And the only mm. reason for them to de-escalate was because he was an Avenger? Like... Yeah, I mean, again, another one of those things just so apt for the time, you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, forgive me for saying so, but ripped from the headlines, so to speak. You know, like, when we talk about, like, you know, right now the world has this sort of, like, common touching point, this common trauma that we all deal with, which is, you know, obviously the pandemic, you know, they've leveraged that, uh, you know, sort of like as a metaphor with the blip, right? The blip is sort of like the similar kind of idea that we all have this shared trauma. And at the same time, we've been dealing with, uh, uh, you know, and coming to terms with the fact that, you know, racism is still very much alive and well, uh, not just in the United States, but around the world, you know, like it's mm -hmm. still, it still goes on. You know, I, again, I'm a Canadian. We don't, we don't, we don't get to uh, uh, say that, no, we're, we're, everything's fine here too. We have the same sort of issues, mm -hmm. you know, uh, they don't always make the, the same sort of like international headlines, but you know, uh, the, especially to talk about a super soldier, um, as a, as a, you know, again, a person of color, color who was, uh, fighting during Vietnam, um, 
I, I don't know. I don't know how much you're aware of this, and I don't want to assume anything for you. But I, I know that especially um, the draft during Vietnam disproportionately affected uh, black men, uh, mm-hmm. largely because uh, you got excused from the draft if you were in uh, a, a like higher at a, a higher education institution, right? So if you were going to university or college or whatever, you got excused from the draft. But of course, that meant it disproportionately affected racialized communities that were, uh, uh, you know, uh, affected more strongly by, uh, by poverty, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just like that, a little sort of like snippet of that, um, you know, seeing I, the, the character of Isaiah and, and his outrage is sort of just like a little, a tiny little window into that world, uh, which is amazing. And the notion that like, you know, uh, a lot of things happened on the, the, the backs of these people, um, in terms of like promoting, um, you know, Western ideals across the world. Uh, and we don't really thank them for it in the right way. And I think that was right. like, and they did that in like, what, what, like, like, like a, a five minute, like two scenes. It was right. amazing how much they could tell in that story. But the other compul- uh, compelling thing is where did the super soldier serum come from that Isaiah got, you know? Right. And there's a lot of questions that I have where I'm like, okay, yes, I keep, I keep wrestling with myself where I'm like, okay, U.S. government bad, like (laughs) they do bad things. They've always done bad things. But then I'm also like, at what point was Hydra and the U.S. government together? At what point did Mm. that start? Like, was this, was this doing, and was this taking this, the, the testing on Isaiah and the super soldier serum? Was that mm-hmm. coming directly from Hydra or was that the U S government like do, or was it both, you know, um, well, how we, much can I tie that in to Hydra or can I just blame our government <laughs> well, in sort of the, in the MCU, right. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, God, what's his name? Um, the, the weird scientist who becomes a computer program, uh, oh. in God, you, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, yes. uh he's, got funny glasses and a really uh, thick thick accent uh, dr zola dr zola he says in his robot form when he sort of reveals the hydra conspiracy uh he says you know like it it, the american government was complicit in this they brought hydra scientists over which again is sort of like again a, a, a like a an allegory to the notion that after world war ii both the 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 uh uh, the USSR and specifically uh, the the United States government were fighting over these um, brilliant uh, uh, German scientists. So you know, uh, Werner von Braun went to the U.S. Uh, 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 space program, and I mean that's largely why uh, the the Apollo program existed. You know, um, it's the same sort of thing. Like the American government brought Zola over; they knew the bad things that Zola had done. Right. They sort of they let it happen. So maybe they didn't overtly uh, uh, play into like Hydra's plan, but they they kind of turned a blind eye to, you know, what what Hydra had done in the past. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying, though, you know, and (laughs) I I, I think they're they're a little more intertwined than we like to admit. To admit. Um, Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we end the episode off uh, with. Bucky and Sam saying, let's go see Zemo. And I love <laughs> the next episode was great. And I 
honestly am surprised with how much I enjoyed his character. Um, but we cannot forget the terrible things that he fucking did. Uh, so that, oh, yeah. uh, which at the end of the next episode, we see might he might be paying for. I think he mm-hmm. has like a little moment of, um, of uh, I don't think redemption's the word. I don't think Zemo redeems himself at all because he did what he did and he doesn't like super soldiers. He doesn't like this ideal of the Avengers. So he's doing what he's going to do and that's like his his MO and um but he did a lot of crappy things in the process um like killing uh King T'Chaka. So yeah. Yeah, yeah like he committed one of the most heinous sort of like uh, individual terror attacks in the MCU, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he he bombed the UN and and killed the King of Wakanda. Um yeah. but I he, he they they really do a good job with it because he was kind of bland. Uh, uh, in Civil War, he was a little. Uh, he was cool. He chewed the scenery, but like they didn't do a lot with him. This they mm-hmm. really like. They they start sinking their teeth into him, because especially like we get that th- that Hannibal Lecter kind of moment where he's behind the glass and they go to see him to get like advice on how to find the Planet Smashers or the Planet Smashers. Excuse mm-hmm. me, that's the name of a band. Uh, the uh, the Flag Smashers. <laughs> uh, it would be really cool if the Planet Smashers were in this, but that won't happen. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. Next episode, I I don't want to I don't want to talk about Zemo too much because he really <laughs> it's next episode where things really get really take off. So, uh, but there's one thing I do want to talk about before we jump into the next episode and the next recap, yeah. and that is Bucky's super dope Wakanda arm because mm-hmm. it's got like the like he's got the metal arm, but it's been rebuilt by um uh, uh by w- Was it Wakanda. I think it was Shuri. It suggested that Shuri like rebuilt it because when we see him in, uh, I think what, it was one in of the Infinity War, right? I think it's Infinity War. We where we see him like without the arm, uh, and you know he's like kind of like a, they're they're helping deprogram him, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's sort of like implied that Shuri is working on a new arm for him. Yeah, and his arm is all like black and gold, and it looks oh, it looks so so cool. cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, before we move on, is there any other like thing that we missed or that you want to talk about? I, I don't think so. I think we're good. We're there, good. I mean, there's a lot to unpack in this episode. Very dense. Lots of things going on. But that's sort of like the it seems to be uh, uh, what they're doing with this show, which is good, I think. Yeah, let's go into episode three called The Power Broker, um, which aired on April 2nd. And uh, fun fact, and I didn't know this until a few hours ago but the person who helped do this episode also does john wick uh which is probably really noticeable in a lot of the scenes uh, that happen in this episode unbeknownst to wilson barnes orchestrates a prison riot to help zemo escape and he agrees to help stop the flag smashers they travel to madripoor a criminal sanctuary city island and meet with high-ranking criminal selby she reveals that the power broker hired former Hydra scientist Dr. Wilfred Nagel to recreate the super soldier serum. Wilson's identity is exposed by Sarah's cell, Selby is killed, and a bounty is subsequently placed on Wilson, Barnes, and Zemo as they escape. Sharon Carter, who has been living as a fugitive, saves them from bounty hunters and brings them to Nagel's lab. They learn he recreated 20 doses of the serum, which Morgan Thau stole. Zemo unexpectedly kills Nagel and the lab is destroyed, but Zemo steals a getaway vehicle. Carter stays behind and Wilson agrees to obtain a pardon for her. Walker and Hoskins arrive in Berlin and deduce that Barnes and Wilson helped Zemo escape. 
while the Flag Smashers raid a global rep... Global rep... I cannot pronounce that word. Oh, my God. It's the GRC. <laughs> the GRC storage facility. The Global facility. Repatriation Council, they, is that it? Yes. Re, yeah. I couldn't... Repatriation was not coming out of my mouth, but thank you. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a tongue twister. It is. Uh, the GRC storage facility uh, in Lithuania for supplies. Zemo, Barnes, and Wilson travel to Latvia uh, in search of Morgenthau. Barnes recognizes Wakandan tracking devices in the street and confronts Dora Io, who demands Zemo. So, a lot happens, and a lot wasn't talked about in this recap. Um, there's a scene that I definitely want to talk about where we see Carly go uh, talk to... What 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 did they call her? It was I don't think it was actually her mother, but they call her like Mama Donna, right? Mama Dora. Yeah, 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 something like that. Some, something, something weird. Like that. Yeah, something, like, and, it's uh, like like an honorific, like someone who has like sort of like a, a elder status of some kind. Right, right, right. And um, she, this lady is dying um from tuberculosis. And we get this scene, and the second it happened, I I thought to myself, I said, this person was obviously very close to her because Carly was like crying over her body. But I was thinking, this is this is what it takes to turn a a, a villain, quote unquote, from being like good motivations to more villain type. And uh, we do get a scene in this episode of them stealing more medicine, and she does defend it by saying like. All these supplies were sitting here for months uh, and people actually need it. She steals it. And then as they go to drive away, she blows it up, even though there's like hostages and people still inside. And she says, like, you know, it's a small like it's a small price to pay for the cause, basically. Um, And that's when you kind of see those motives start to be like, uh oh, you were doing so great. You could have just been a Robin Hood and. Now you're doing doing the bad things, and they're gonna get you for that. Um, yeah, she's a little 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 radicalized by that. Because let's be yeah. real, TB, um, while pretty is a horrible disease, is very treatable uh, if yeah. you have the the right medicine and, and the right environment. So, yeah, and and it's one of those definitely mm-hmm. one of those things where a lot of people in the third world die from, but it's it's super preventable. So I could see mm-hmm. how that would make someone very angry. Especially right. to lose someone close to them in that way. For sure. But yeah, we have, um, there's a lot of cool scenes in Madripoor. The, that whole setup was cool. I loved what they did with that city. Um, felt very like cyberpunky, you know, bounty hunters everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. The cool like Blade Runner-esque uh, vibes going on in the city. Sharon's whole apartment being like a art mute like there's stolen art there that's like worth a shit ton of money that people just go party and like check out and maybe like put bids on like that whole scene was cool of course you get like the the beam of uh zemo dancing that's all over the internet right now oh my god um, i laughed so <laughs> hard watching him dance Ooh, yeah because so like i think he was such an awkward dude in winter soldier yeah. and yeah. i was wondering how like how they were gonna break him out of a shell and i think this episode was perfect like they they did a really good job of making him like be one of the guys except i really hate it. i know i know it was part of it was part of the episode and it was, they had to convince them but when he made uh bucky be the winter soldier again like even though it was just like a an act um mm. you could tell that it was really messing with 
Buck's head, which goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Like he's not going to be in therapy anymore. We're going to see that play out. Mm-hmm. Um, Wilson's even like, are you good? And he just like, doesn't even answer. So yeah. Tell me, tell me, what did you think about this episode? Give me, give me your, your thoughts. So it, it, you're like, Zemo is such a, like I hit, I talked about this a little bit, such a fun character uh, in this whole thing where like, yeah, he's the bad guy and they sort of like have to go along with what he says because means to an end, right? They really need to figure out what's going on and he's the only one who can help them. And the whole idea of him like leaning into, like at one point, like they're getting in his private jet and he's like, well, I, I am still a baron. Like he's royalty, you know? And he's got this whole like, ridiculous like ostentatious vibe you know with his like his fur lined coat and uh you know drinking the, the the finest boozes and like his uh when he's when he's talking to his uh his butler on, on his private plane and they're you know uh, making fun of like you know the commoners uh that are bucky and sam you know like yeah you love to hate him He's mm-hmm. he's a really fun character, and they re- he really uh, like choose the scenery in these uh, in these episodes. Madripoor. Uh, my first reaction was, have I somehow been transported to the world of Watch Dogs, the video game? Like <laughs> this is this is wild. And now that I I didn't realize this, and now that you say that it was directed by uh, the guy who directed John Wick, it makes perfect sense, right? This because it's like this whole idea. It, it carries over his notions of this like really weird, uh, uh, secret underground society of criminals that do really weird things. Mm-hmm. You know, like what do you do when you have zero morality and are crazy rich and like live off the grid? And apparently, the answer to that is like whatever you want. You know, so it's just got yeah. this like real sort of like Sodom and Gomorrah kind of like vibe, or like this all this like hedonism and stuff going on, and like. They're going to get theirs, right? Like, Madripoor is... Something bad's going to happen. Yeah. I just... I, I feel it in my bones. Can we talk about Sharon Carter for a minute? We can definitely talk about Sharon Carter for a minute. <laughs> Who's Sharon Carter's dad? I'm confused. Who's actually her dad? Uh, I am unsure. I know that she is Peggy's niece. Um, and that's all I know about any type of relations with her. Yeah. Because it's... it's it's still super weird that at some point they set her up as sort of like a semi-love interest for Kat, right? I don't understand how that works with the time travel and stuff, because, like, she already existed, and then, like, I, I don't understand at all the way that they conclude. Because, like, the, the time travel in Endgame made so much sense to me, and I used to explain it to people because it didn't make sense to a lot of people. Yep. Everything in that movie makes sense except Captain America's part because it mm-hmm. kind of rewrites everything that they put together for that movie. Anyway, um so I still don't understand if she has any relations to Steve at all <laughs> or or what happened there, but I like, I don't know. How super weird would it be if like cuz it was her assignment in the Winter Soldier to basically like get close to Steve and her have to like say to her superiors, but like he used to change my diapers, dude. Uh, yeah. because of some time travel stuff that you just can't wrap your head around. You know, it. I. Yeah. so every time I see Sharon Carter now, I just like, 
stuff is weird there. But she's a super badass in this. She's so right? badass. The, the entire, well, first, like, I mean, the whole episode she was badass. Like, the beginning, like, shooting scenes were good. But, like, in the scene where she was outside of the, um, the lab and all the bounty hunters were coming for them as they were inside and she was just kicking ass. Like yeah. that was awesome. That was so cool. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Good, good, good action scenes there for sure. Who shot Selby? Do we know? She did. I think she did. She did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I think it's strongly implied that she did, uh, yeah. but I don't know what her motives were there. At least or I, if somebody I really was working with her. It could have been yeah. somebody she was working with because by the end of the episode, we, she gets in a car with somebody and she says, like, we have a problem, actually a couple problems. I'll explain in the car, um, which I I believe that she is working for the power broker and that's their her problems are now uh, Bucky and Sam. And obviously they killed the scientists. They killed Nagel um, and they are no closer to finding the extra serums and now they're involved. So um, I saw there was a theory that she was the power broker, but I don't believe that because I feel like Zemo has already been in contact with the power broker in the past by the way that he describes him. And he refers to him as a, as a, like he, him. So I, I don't think it is unless it's some like, um, you know, wizard of like the great Oz thing where, there is a, there is a power broker, but then there's somebody behind the scenes. I don't right, know. Right, right. Um, Someone, someone's behind the curtain, as it were. Right. But yeah. Yeah, wild episode. Um, lots of stuff going. On. So obviously, there's the, the bigger, the bigger mystery of who is the power broker. Um, what's what's the real motivations there? Um, we don't see as much uh, John Walker in this episode, or no, or but Battlestar. when we do see him, he's a dick. <laughs> he yeah. definitely comes out of that like nice boy role. They break into um where Carly stayed in the last episode and he literally says like don't give him time to delete anything. Like take him in. Like don't just like beat the crap yeah. out of him basically. And even Hoskins kind of pulls back for a minute there and is like yo, like there's there's nothing here. Like let it be. And he's like Walker is so angry and so dead set. He's like, Bucky and Sam did this. Like, and that's when, like I said, he's gonna do something that's gonna get them in trouble to where they're gonna get locked up for something. Like, I just, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we definitely get a sense that John Walker has a temper, and it's not under control. No, you know, like dude's got anger issues, and it's it's not gonna end well for him or our heroes, as it were. So, yeah. Really excited to see where the show's going to go. Like, I really don't know. Like, it's cool because I, I feel like they did the same thing with WandaVision. Like, I, I didn't know what the end point was going to be, you mm-hmm. know? We all had, like, a feeling. And I, I have sort of, like, little sort of, like, tingles of, you know, the, the Super Soldier program is going to uh, rear its ugly head in an inter- interesting way. I feel like one of these things is, are, are we going to end this whole thing at the end with because i mean the show is called the falcon and the winter soldier and the one sort of thing that they have in common between the two of them is they've both been captain america mm-hmm. and i kind of feel like we're just going in the direction of who's it going to be right? right who's going to take up that but like i feel like someone's going to take up that role but it's going to be reluctantly by the end of it i hope that so. neither of them do 
Really? Um, yeah, I I never wanted it to be passed down to either of them. Um, so mm. I, you know, I was happy for Sam, but I didn't disagree. I mean, I just disagree with the, him giving it back to the government. Don't get me wrong. But I didn't disagree with him being like, this isn't for me. Because I think, you know, him being Falcon, that is, that's his thing. That's what he wants to do. And that is what makes him who he is. Um, mm. But then, you know, like we said earlier, they did introduce Torres. Like he could be the new Falcon. And then we could have Sam as Captain America. Um, yep. Also the fact that like Bucky has harped on the white wolf. Like he, he has continued to say that. Um, yeah. I feel like that would be a, just a better fit for him because obviously the winter soldier doesn't have good connotations to it. So having a different name, but still being having, doing mm. the same, you know, you have the same powers, you know, but just having a better name um, or taking on a different role. Um, I mean, the, the white wolf like in the comics is super cool i mean he's he's got like the black panther suit but you know he he's bucky you know so he's got like that he you know he's super strong and stuff like that so like he he's the the other let, let's talk about it let's talk about the elephant in the room um we we were getting into um like wakanda stuff we talked about the the death of king, king tachaka and um you know and and why why they want zemo which is understandable cuz Again, you know, he 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 assassinated their king for like petty and stupid reasons. But the real awkward thing to talk about here is what, and we have no idea, and they haven't said what what what's going to happen with Black Panther, right. right, as a character, and what's going on with Wakanda, and how is the MCU going to acknowledge, um, you know, the the passing of, uh, you know, the, the actor who played. Black Panther and you know because it's a super sensitive thing understandably you know yeah I don't know if we're gonna get any mention of it I know that like scenes were recut uh in Falcon and Winter Soldier because of like the plot lines with like um medicines and vaccines and such and the COVID so they wanted it to be Mm -hmm. more um more sensitive topic so they did cut some scenes um but it would be interesting to see if they did go back um and do have some mention that like i they haven't had any talks or any public talks at least of like what they're doing with that role or like no or with the continuation of black panther so mm. like we know that know. there's we know that there's a sequel in the works right, right? or there has been and they're not replacing have... him and they're not cgiing him as well yeah. so so we have no idea what the status of that film is what they're going to do. Um, I mean, I, I believe that they'll do it in a really, they'll do it in a classy way. I mean, so far they've acknowledged, um, they, they, they did a really good job of talking about his, his role and his legacy and, you know, um, throughout, uh, uh, you know, making Black Panther and the other films that he was in. Um, so it'll be interesting because, you know, if we get more Wakanda going forward at some point, you know, someone inevitably has got to say, where's T'Challa, man? You know, mm-hmm. uh, what yeah. does he think about uh, all this stuff with, uh, you know, Zemo being out about? Because it was his dad, you know, they, they killed his dad, or, or rather Zemo, not they, Zemo himself killed uh, T'Challa's dad. Like, that's, you think that, like, he would want to have something to do with that. 
so yeah we will see we will see yeah um anything else on that episode that we didn't talk about that we're missing i don't i i don't think so i mean there's a lot again there's a lot going on in that one and they really bamboozle you with it too especially you know like is Smiling Tiger someone we're supposed to care about, or was that just like I a goofy name? I don't think so. I think that was like yeah. a Easter egg for comic fans, but like right. a way to, you know, I don't think that's going to be anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I thought that episode was very cool. It kind mm-hmm. of, uh, I, I mean, it felt like a, it still felt like an MCU thing, but it took a different route than the first two episodes. It had a little bit more playfulness to it, um, yeah. which was fun. But I I like how they were like, we're going to be playful. We're going to give Zemo this time and like have a good arc there. And it's going to be fun and cool. But just because we're being fun and cool, we're not going to forget like what he did. And we are going to have him pay for that. Um, Mm. But yeah, I I think a lot is left. I mean, we're halfway through, right? So a lot is left with like, who is the actual villain? Is it John Walker? Are we going to see Carly and the... And the Flag Smashers actually go a little bit more rogue, right? Um, mm-hmm. Are we going to actually meet the Power Broker? Because at this point, halfway in, I'm nervous that by next episode, we're not going to meet him. And then it's going to be another one of those WandaVision things where like they're setting up this villain, but you're only going to see this villain in a movie and we're just doing the setup for it, which... I get that Mephisto was never mentioned, but come on, we're going to see Mephisto at some point. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm hoping that we actually see the power broker because it would suck if they waited until the second to last episode or the last episode to be like, this is the big bad villain all along. And it, and then we only have one episode. It would be really cool if yeah. the power broker was like, again, somebody within the government because <laughs> then it would tie in the whole thing of john walker um and the u.s government and hydra and like whatever else was happening in the last five years um but again now that carly has taken that step to actually kill people now i think we're gonna get one of those like killmonger moments where we're like mm-hmm. we we know like what you what why you're doing this and it's justifiable but you still have to address like the crimes, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any theories or any skeptic skepticisms or for what's going to happen next? So like the power broker in Marvel comics, like originally was a really goofy and stupid character. Uh, they created him to make fun of like health nuts. As weird (laughs) as that sounds. So, I just, I have no idea what to expect with this character and what they're up to. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like it has to be something like, um, you know, like, like the director of shield kind of moment where like the, 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 the person you thought who was um, the good guy all along was, was totally not who we thought he was. Like we, I think we definitely are going to get like a, you know, the, the masks comes off thing. I don't think it's going to be John Walker. I mean, they're playing him up to be too much like the obvious like yeah. villain. Um, he doesn't seem like the subtle type. He doesn't seem like the sneaky type. Right. Um, so I, I, it'll be interesting to see who that actually ends up being. And I can't think of 
so far in terms of like the regular cast of characters who we've seen so far in the show, who that would be. Um, I think you're right. I don't think it's Sharon. Um, I don't think, uh, I mean, who else? It, it's Sam Wilson's sister. She's secretly <laughs> been the power broker and the running the ship boat, shrimp boat the whole time. Yeah. Um, it's going to be, it's got to be something interesting. I, I, I just, they definitely have not, in my mind, they haven't really forecasted it very much. They're no, really yeah. playing their cards close to their chest on this one. That's why I'm really hoping they, it's next week we get a reveal because it would suck. If it was just the last two episodes, I don't know. Yeah. That, that's well, we don't get to I'm really thinking. play with it that way, right? Like, we don't get to live right. in that world where this is the villain. Right. You know? Yeah. I hear what you're saying. If we are done with that, uh, done with that wrap-up. Um, oh, I do have a fun question for you. I like to ask this sometimes uh, to my guests on the show. Um, in term, Not just with Falcon and Winter Soldier, but in Phase 4 in general, is there anything... You know, it doesn't have to be accurate. It could be completely out out of left field. Um, anything that you personally would love to see come out of Phase 4 or out of the MCU in general? I mean, I think the one thing that I'm looking forward to the most... I, mean, I love Iron Man. I really want to see Iron Heart. I don't yeah. know how they're going to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that would be cool. Also, there's been some suggestion at some point that they're going to try to work mutants into things again. And how the, how the hell are they going to do that? Like, I could see them being, because they've said, oh no, we're not doing that for a while. But I could see them, like, sneakily trying to, like, put it in the back door. Because the reality is that we, we've already seen a few things from the Fox, what was the Fox side of things already start working their way into phase four. Right. So I I would love to see like a, just even maybe like a little cameo appearance by Dr. Reed Richards. That would be also dope. It's just something. I can't wait for any of the fantastic four stuff. Like just give it to me. Yeah. I I mean, I, I, I'm really excited because (laughs) the previous fantastic four movies were all hot garbage. And I have every <laughs> yeah. bit of faith in like, uh, you know, like, like Fahey and like the, the team behind the MCU and doing it in like a, a cool and interesting way. Right. I, I, there's never been a good Fantastic Four movie. So please, God, please, can, God, can we please get one? Because, you know, like we've got like the, the Roger, Cor- Roger Corman movie that was made that was never intended to be released. I don't know if you've ever watched it, but it's really awful. Um, and then, of course, we've got the... Uh, the two Fox ones, uh, you know, the Fantastic Four and then Rise of the Silver Surfer, and they're all so very bad, you know. Um, so it would be just great to see those characters get, uh, you know, have some, uh, you know, do do some, some 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 something good with those characters, and maybe even maybe even, and this is this is wild, a fight between the Thing and the Incredible Hulk. Ooh. Yeah, that would be cool. that would be nuts. That would be nuts. That would. I don't even cool. know what I they're mean, doing with the Hulk at this point. Like I know. Oh, I know uh, we're getting a She-Hulk. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know how they can go back to the Hulk after Endgame. With now we have like Scientist Hulk. He's not gonna go back to his like smashy smash ways, right? That's that's what makes him fun, right? So I don't know. We're gonna I, get it, She-Hulk. Who, so maybe she's gonna take on that mantle. Uh, the Hulk is is another one of those characters that is in a weird legal place because 
my understanding is that technically um, Universal Pictures still owns the rights to the, the Hulk as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they ever want to do solo Hulk movies, they have to involve Universal, which is what they did for the Edward Norton one, which right. was technically, I think, the first MCU movie. I think. Yeah. No, you're is, right. Is meant yeah. is meant to kick off the MCU. So, yeah, if they want to do solo a solo Hulk, Hulk movie, which is why they they kind of backdoor did uh, uh you know um Planet Hulk with uh the last Thor movie, right? Because technically he wasn't the headline character; it was Thor. So they could have as much Hulk as they wanted. And that's also why you only really get Hulk in the Avenger movies at this point. Right. So hopefully they can resolve that legal issue. But yeah, he's the Hulk and Spider-Man are still the two characters left that they sort of quasi don't own. Um, and they have to make deals with like in case of Spider-Man with Sony pictures and then with uh, Hulk uh, with Universal. So I don't know, man. Uh, I, I I don't know what, like, is is his arm still all messed up too after doing the snap, you know, and bringing everyone back? Is it all shriveled and weird? Is he going to just walk around with one really big arm and one really small arm? any of the Avengers, like the original Avengers, so to speak, since the blip. So we don't know what's going on there. Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll have to see, I guess the next time we will find out will be, uh, uh, the Black Widow movie. Um. Or even yeah, because we're not gonna get Thor: Love and Thunder for a while, so it'll it'll be the yeah. Black Widow movie. Uh, that, that's the thing, like like we're at this point now where you know they were sort of like trying to figure out what they were trying to do, and now COVID has just slowed everything down, unfortunately. Right. So yeah, 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 just wild, man, just wild. Well, we're looking forward to that. The next episode will be on the finale wrap-up of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, So stay tuned for that in a couple weeks. Um, But yeah, The Snap is a product of Uppercut, which is a games and media site devoted to punching up through high-quality content that focuses on highlighting marginalized voices and great criticism. You can find us on all social media at Uppercut Crit and UppercutCrit.com or uh, UppercutCrit.gay if you're feeling fancy. Um, If you want to hang out with us and our various friends to chat about the snap and more, you can join our Discord server. The link will be in the show notes. And if you enjoy the show, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Um, Drew, where can people find you? Uh, you can go to www.game-moose.com. Uh, you can listen to uh, all the old episodes of Game Moose there. There's some good ones um, uh, and there's some horrible ones. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you uh, find me on Twitter at dmcmill, um, that's D-M-A-C-M-I-L-L, uh, you can hear about some of the new stuff I'm going to be doing. Uh, uh, so long and thanks for all the Branzino coming, coming at you at some point. Uh, it's going to be good. We're just going to keep watching The Amazing Spider-Man over and over and over again and uh, just talking about it because it's, it's that whole Branzino scene, it, it's it's that alone. I could do a whole show just about the Branzino scene. You know? Just about that. Oh, you, you don't know how to eat the Branzino? Let me show you how to eat the Branzino. It's a fish. Okay. It it was... <laughs> who wrote that? Because it was weird. Um, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me just say, I just want to say the, one last thing before we go, um, as, as, as a, as a, as a bi-man, um, 
Uh, every time I see Sebastian Stan on screen, my heart flutters a little. He is a good looking dude. Oh, yeah. I am on the Sebastian Stan train, so I totally, totally get it. I'm on I'm on TikTok, and my algorithm is all Sebastian Stan right now. Like, every other video is him, and I'm not mad about it. I'm not. No, I wouldn't be either, yeah. Uh, I just wish... I wish we would just get some Sam and Bucky action, but I don't think we're going to. It's fine. It's just my dreams. Hey, it's fine. You know, I mean, like... We don't know what 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 they're up to, you know. Like, it's I guess they're, they're two right. characters know. that haven't they haven't really talked about their who their romantic entanglements are. They could it could be one another. Oh, I hope so. I would. I ship that hard, man. That hard. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Drew, for coming on and talking about the first half of Winter Soldier or the Falcon and Winter Soldier with me. Um, My pleasure. Shout out to at King Noobs on Twitter for this outro because. For the life of me, for an entire series, I don't even know how many episodes I've done. I never know what to say when I leave here. Uh, and they have tweeted this to me. So this is how I'll be signing off today. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, and we'll see you in a blip. Bye.